first of all, let me get this stuff with my dad. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. I am asking for world peace! This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. I've been stretching, doing some stretches this morning, uh, because uh, I'm prepared. If anybody attempts to act like the special election in Ohio is important, I'm ready to fight them, so I've been... I've been stretching all morning long because I'm going to put somebody in a headlock and beat their head on the floor if they try to pretend that that is important news. The excerpts went heavily for the Republican. The suburbs, however, Hillary won by four points. And if you stayed up last night and paid attention to that, you need a 12-step program. Maybe 13 or 14. You are mentally ill. Mentally ill. Live from Studio C. Season your a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody! Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Really, a co-general manager every day is the firefighters. God bless y'all. Good luck. Be safe. Thank you. Uh, but uh, today, Elon Musk, yes. who may not only be America's greatest entrepreneur and pusher of the new frontiers, but also he may be history's greatest troll. Yeah, he's something. Or, what's he up to? Or he's gone crazy? Or started drinking heavily? Or, or I don't want to steal positive Sean's thunder, but uh, who's his girlfriend? Uh, he was dating Amber Heard. Okay, was, right? Yeah. And what state did she leave Johnny Depp in? Uh, shattered. A shell of himself. <laughs> shattered, humiliated, broke. So she ruined your brain, huh? Bescarved. Right. <laughs> Bescarved. Right. <laughs> That's right. If Elon Musk has a bunch of like jangly rings around his wrists and scarves, yeah, and... like power bracelets and <laughs> and some sort of ascot, and the Steven Tyler starter set. Uh, that's funny. Same day that he uh, he made his crazy stock announcement, he had a, a fantastic a rocket breakthrough. I mean, just what an amazing dude he is. Oh yeah. Yep. Anyway, we'll talk about that later if you haven't heard about it. Um, and as far as the firefighters, my, my wife said, because she's really on the Facebook, a, a lot of this fire is where she grew up and all the stuff that she, uh, her entire childhood is either burnt right. up or in threat of burning up. And um, uh, but so she's been following the conversations on Facebook. And she said the science nerds are really into the whole this is the biggest fire in California history and how that's not true because it has to have the same point of origin and they're really mad that everybody's decided to say that Uh, you know i haven't brought this up just because we haven't gotten to it but i don't think it matters it feels political to me i think there are points trying to be made that this is the greatest and the biggest and the worst and clearly we're headed blah 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 therefore this must be done 
It, 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 well, you know, that, that makes sense. There's obviously a reason why the media would want to say it's the biggest ever. Sure, yeah. Because people, people tune in to the biggest ever, the fifth biggest ever. Yeah. Even though it's enormous and devastating. Yeah, it makes no difference. It's like me in the whale watch the other day. Great. You know, it all happened so early, I couldn't pay attention anymore. I, unless there were whales talking or dancing across the water on their tails. <laughs> After a while, it was too great for too long, so you have to get more sensational. Well, and if your house burns up, it doesn't matter if it's 500,000 acres or 50 acres. Right. Um, Let's kick off the show by introducing everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi this morning, Michael. I'm all right. I made a decision a while back. You know, I'm trying. I'm going to the gym, and now I've gotten rid of soda. You know, even diet soda for you. Is, is bad for you. Oh, I just it's, said, it's you know what? It's I'm like poison. Just, I'm getting rid of it, but I... Got myself a nice big water and um, left it in the car. So water, universal solvent. No, so stick your it, head under the faucet like a man. I'm I'm just kind of bummed right now. <laughs> but. Stick your head in the toilet like a dog. You're bummed. You? You're bummed that your water is downstairs and out in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. If this is the worst thing that happens uh, to you all day, you should that, that's you true. should get on your knees tonight and and thank God. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I, I guess things could be worse. We'll call the people in Syria. <laughs> yeah. Alert the uh, Syrians. Michael's yes. water is downstairs. Yes, things could be worse. Uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, China says that it has tested its first hypersonic aircraft, which can travel at 4,563 miles per hour, or Mach 6, six times the speed of sound and wow. twice as fast as the Mach 3 Gillette Razor that I used to shave. <laughs> Now, I don't know what this means. I hope it means that we have one that goes Mach 7, because, you know, we right. we just, that's militarily, that seems important. Sure. But uh, six times the speed of sound seems that's, way too fast. That's cruising. China! That's cruising. I'd like to ride in one of those ones. Um, there's Marshall Phillips. <laughs> two, two, two sack jack. No, well, going straight, I'd be yeah. fine. Just don't do any dang loop-de-loops. <laughs> I don't need the loop-de-loops. Mm. Who needs that? Here's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. we got a special day now, special day for people like Positive Sean. It is International Cat Day for <laughs> cats and their owners to celebrate that special bond. Don't oh, see how this affects me at all. International Cat Day. International, okay. indeed. And we got a couple Wouldn't of... Wouldn't it sol- be wonderful to have a pen pal in another country and you could write each other letters about your cats? Dear so-and-so in Finland, how's your cat? My cat is fine. He's fuzzy. He's, <laughs> share some, he's such a funny guy. Share, share some, some pictures of him. Share some Polaroids. Please, yes, send exactly. pic- <laughs> please send pictures of your cat. And we got a couple of celebrity birthdays. Actor Dustin Hoffman hitting 81 today. Whoa, what has happened to time? <laughs> Net worth $50 million. And Plastics. You, yes, U2's co-founder and master guitarist David Howell Evans, a.k.a. The Edge, is 57. His net worth, $240 million. I didn't know his real name. The Edge. How old did you say The Edge is? He is 57, and yeah. Bono gave him the nickname The Edge. It was inspired, we are told, by the sharp features of his face. It also applies to his sharp mind and the way he always observed things from... The Edge. What are you, in love with the guy? This, that's enough. That's <laughs> plenty on the guy's probably the guy they made cut up the coke. That's why yeah. they called him The Edge. And they, should, yeah. and yeah. they should have quit making albums like three albums ago. Oh. And then it's gone off to as a legendary that. band. Right. I hate to say that about any creative artist. If you still feel the urge, do it. Do it for you. Do it for your soul. I don't just, think they do feel the urge. I think I, they're just going through the motions. I don't know. It's 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 become awful. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Wednesday, August 8th. 
the year 2018. We're setting you straight in 21-8. Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then. Let's begin officially according to FCC rules and regulations, which we restudy every single morning to make sure we're up on the new ones. Here we go at Mark. If we stop the Mueller probe tomorrow, you wouldn't be able to talk about anything else. Sounded like Lindsey Graham. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> oh, my lands. <laughs> what are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Uh, California firefighters finally getting a break. Elon Musk's bold plan for Tesla shaking up Wall Street. And the story that may cause Jack to give this reporter a beatdown. Coming up. All fantastic. Well, I see the special elections as a referendum on Trump. Oh, boy. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's good. We have a really nice freedom-loving quote of the day. Oh, it's just a little this, little that. Yeah. Fine. It's great. Super. Oh, hey, here's a tease for you. The idea that Facebook is going to reasonably regulate uh, what's hate speech and what's not has already been blown up. Great example of it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They can't be trusted. Yeah. Did you see the way one conservative activist mocked the uh, policy of getting rid of some tweets? By changing the races around. Oh, right. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. People spend for back-to-school shopping. A number surprised me. Um, how the Manafort trial went yesterday. There was some interesting sexy stuff in there. Not, like, relevant to anything important, just interesting. No, much as MSNBC would like you to believe there is. <clears throat> as I mentioned to Marshall, it's ripe for humorous content- comments, so he will have that in his news. Indeed. Yeah. Y- you're seeing some really bad people on display. That's good, interesting. Good Manafort trial stuff. Plus, we'll... Uh, <laughs> Break down the special elections county ooh, by county. Ooh, boy, you're killing me. You're killing me. I want to talk about the Trump effect in every single precinct. I want to talk about and there are hundreds of them. <laughs> I want to talk about the disease we've got later. I mean, just we're, we're so we're so crazy as a body politic. Mm. We're so we're so into that, that book tribe that explains why we do these sorts of things might be yes. the most important thing that's happened in recent years. We're so more into my team move the ball down the field an inch than issues. It's unbelievable. Absolutely true. Yeah, scoring points as opposed to governing ourselves. It's crazy. Uh, it was designed. It's cra- it is insane. Um, by the way, D- Delaney, you're not up yet, but check your bookshelf. I keep asking you. I'll go, just go in there and check it. I think she has my copy of Tribe by Sebastian Younger. It's a physical book, Jack. Cover, pages, etc. I haven't bought one of those in many years. Yeah, I, I like the feel, etc., etc. Mailbag. Etc., etc. Here's a freedom-loving quote of the day from none other than Montesquieu. That was kind of his nickname. Uh, he was a uh, French judge, man of letters, political philosopher. Man of letters. Yeah. Useless laws weaken the necessary laws. No doubt. Simple principle, and anybody with any sense knows that, but we have designed a society around exactly the opposite. Yeah, I have trouble with that with my kids, because I break laws, they see me breaking laws. 
and, and trying to explain to them, you know, there's some laws that are just stupid. And there are thousands of them, kids, because we as a society are obsessed with controlling everyone else's behavior, and we get the, the legislators to pass laws. Uh, the topic line here is Dennis Quayle, which I believe may be an autocorrect. Probably. Then the actual text of this note from Richard is, the Dennis Quaid Trump tweet readings are stupid. S can it. Well, first of all, sir, sir. Do you get the idea Sean's following along and is uh, getting the clip ready or, not, or that he's completely in another No, place? I missed it. Was this the Randy Quaid? Yes. He, yes. First of all, sir. So, <laughs> President Obama knew about Russia before mm. the election. All right. It's, so. It is not. So. That is that. You have the wrong Quaid, sir. <clears throat> that is Randy Quaid, although they certainly are stupid. <laughs> and, uh, and the text line continues to <clears> run <throat> about... One well, I, I I'm not about so far. It's 100 percent to zero against playing those. Well, I'm not going to be bullied by a bunch of texting bullies. Forget it. We're going to play it over and over again. Too bad. Okay. That's my response to the texters. <laughs> you know, in those in doses of roughly that size, it's hilarious. Yeah. My problem. I am providing a great service by explaining this to the American people. <laughs> oh, shut up! Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Moving along, here's a nice note from Scott. Jerry Brown's wealth and his... Yes? No. Do you have a comment? No. His incredibly inane... Well, it's beyond inane. It's damaging. It's sick. It's it's a lie. It's the big lie. It's communist statement about extracting from the national wealth. Do we happen to have that one handy? It occurs to me as an idiot now that that would be handy. Thank you, Michael. Those who have been blessed the most, who have disproportionately extracted by whatever skill more and more from the national wealth, they're going to have to share more of that. If you, <laughs> you've disproportionately extracted from the national wealth. That's right, because you, you sucking leeches you vampires who start businesses and work 80 hours a week and risk everything and then become a success and employ tens to dozens hundreds thousands of people you are extracting from the national wealth according to the ancient and insane governor of corrupt California. anyway it dawned on me that he thinks that's probably the only one w- way one could make a lot of money since that's what he did in government. He thinks taking it from other people and giving it to other people is how wealth is built. Scary thought that people like him believe that's how it's done. It's probably why it's like talking another language when you're talking to people that believe in socialism. Anyway, Owen, too. Um, I've, I didn't get to the uh, clips of a couple of politicians talking about socialism over the weekend. we got to play that today. It's pretty interesting. I mean, it's definitely... I don't know if the percentages of people are growing or not, but the um, willingness to be out and proud as a socialist is definitely growing. I, I think it's indisputable that the numbers are growing, but w- let's talk about it. Uh, Trump's water comment about uh, if they would st- not divert the water from the north in the Pacific Ocean, there'd be plenty of water to fight fires. A tweet that has been met with universal head-scratching, eye-rolling, derision, confusion, etc., John writes, what Trump is referring to is the long-held plan, question mark, to divert Columbia River water to California. 
Now it just dumps into the Pacific. To hell with the salmon. Water for California drinking in swimming pools. Well, I'm completely in agreement with that. So did he... I have a swimming pool. What do you want, it empty? Then it would be a pit. Nobody advertises a home with a pit. Is that what he was referring to, the Columbia River thing? Which I don't recall hearing about in any serious way. I don't know. Did he overhear a conversation? He come in the tail end of a conversation on Fox and Friends or something on that? Could be. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody knows what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Robert from sunny San Diego uh, on our interview with uh, lawyer and Professor Harry Lipman during the award-winning fourth hour uh, that some of you get, some of you might want to grab on the podcast. It says, I caught what may have been the dumbest thing he said. He said that the legal problems with the president's lies to the press were that they were told to hide the truth. Opposed to what? The lies we all tell in order to expose the truth? Yeah, that is a funny thing to say, come to think of it. Then a series of questions. That's pretty funny. Uh, You know what? I'll do this one first. Uh, Here's a nice note from Mr. Casey near Portland. I appreciate the the formality, Mr. Casey. I, Mr. Getty, will read your email address, or email, rather. Um, He talks about Marshall's fecal stories, uh, fecal matter stories. Uh, and then he, he, he bridges with a reference to uh, an expression sometimes used to describe co- uh, severe drunkenness, Jack, uh, being poo-faced. Then he says, the story that hits closest to home was the one on drunken impulse buying. After several drinks, I cannot be trusted with an iTunes account. Inevitably, I'll wake up the next morning to find that my Sharona and Meatloaf's entire Bat Out of Hell album now reside eternally on my phone. There is a good example. I did get in on that while I was still drinking a dozen years ago. It was buying iTunes songs. Just because oh. a, a song pops into your head and you think, oh, I'd like to hear that. This sound would be great right now. And it's this tune is so great. Listen, hang on. I'll get it. Hang on. So hey, easy you don't to... remember that song? <laughs> hang on a second. I'll get it. Hang on. So easy to spend a quick $15 oh, on that. Oh, boy. Yeah. 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 Uh, here's hoping Marshall continues the streak with a recap of the alcohol-fueled night of degenerate gambling that he calls a first date. Um, P.S. I'm not honking at Marshall. I'm honking at that kid. <laughs> Boy, that's a, if you heard that yesterday, it's a great reset. If you didn't, it's as mystifying as the president's tweet about water from the north. That could be a good ongoing catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. And finally, this. It's Fagafee Pastor Brian from beautiful uh, Redding, California, the part that's not on fire. Uh, love the show, uh, but I have aught against thee. Hmm. On Monday, Joe did a pirate bit where he was giving sage advice. Yeah, that was the uh, pirate advice columnist. Is that what we're... The advice pirate. The advice pirate. That's right. There were several attempts to name the column, but I think I might have a better name. Dear Stabby. (laughs) Wow. Feel free to take this late unsolicited advice the next time you do an old-timey pirate advice column bit. I get it. Not Dear Abby. Which uh, popular well, advice column ex- of the 70s and 80s. Exactly. Actually, it, it, like the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Exactly, yes. The similar sounding Dear Stabby. <laughs> Indeed. I've been trying to figure out some names for uh, Advice Pirate and the House Flipping Bums podcast that they're doing together. Yes. Uh, Savings and Scurvy. Not was, bad. Was the best I had come up with so far. <laughs> well, that's not very good. KFTO, Keep Facing the Ocean. Pastor Brian and Renning. Just a good safe thing to do, so a rogue wave doesn't hit you. Yar, naming me columns as difficult as naming me ship. Best to take one's time. May I be the lone finger texting in support of the Randy Quaid tweet? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm someone, someone of taste. May I be the lone finger texting? That's funny. <laughs> uh, Marshall's news is coming up next, and we'll get into you know what's going on today.
and we'll discuss it in probably angry tones because this is AM Talk Radio. Of course! Unless you're listening on FM, then it's FM Talk Radio. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Reading through this interesting piece in the National Review. Is that where this is from, Sean? Um, on what the word socialist means as it, it catches on in popularity. What do people mean? Uh, the right and left both have their own definitions of what it means. And sure. The media and that sort of thing. So it's kind of interesting. Maybe that later. Who knows? I don't know. Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump says he's monitoring the monster wildfires in California very closely. He was telling reporters at his New Jersey golf course he's grateful to the firefighters that are battling those flames and... It's been a very tough situation taking place in California for a number of years, and we're going to have to have some meetings about it because there are reasons and there are things you can do to mitigate what's happening. I, I, I get it. I just, it's just where we are. But this this yeah. is what drives me crazy about these special elections that are getting coverage everywhere but here, thank God. Um, it's all about the damned president all the time. Everything that happens everywhere, it's, it's how does, what has that got to do? How does that affect the president? That's not the way we've designed right. this system. That's Houses not the way burning down are about the president. Houses burning down 3,000 <laughs> yeah. miles away from D.C. are about the president. Right. It's crazy. And if they're not, they should be. And well, yeah. We need to look to our big daddy, the president, what is, who, who is the entire government, as far as we know, in our stupid, stupid heads. Anything that happens anywhere in the country, what has the president done to cause this or is doing to help make it better? Right. Wow. That's weird. On the fire lines in California right now, crews in NorCal are finally getting some help from the weather. They're making some progress. Against the biggest wildfire in the state's history, they have containment lines. They have <laughs> containment lines around 34% of what's being called the Mendocino Complex fire. Cooler temps helping out overnight. Fire covering more than 440 square miles. Yes, the Mendocino Complex is actually two fires, the ranch and the river fires. We, we broadcast to a lot of people that are in these fire areas, and they don't have time right now to worry about whether or not this is one fire or two fires. Wow, that's and I a little perspective, that, Jack. That's beautifully said. But for everybody, but for everybody else, I think you're right. I think the combination of uh, it's, there's a political advantage to saying this is the worst fire ever, and obviously a media advantage. It makes me tune in more. You say it's the biggest fire ever. I'm more likely to not skip that story. Hey, can you see this? Look at the uh, look at the top of the screen. That's Southern Oregon. There are at least a dozen fires. Burning. If, if they were merged together somehow and you could call them the biggest fire in state history, then it would get more attention. Yeah, God, that's unbelievable. Yikes, the whole western U.S. is on fire. Yep. Water. Southern California, the holy fire in the Cleveland National Forest, burning along the Orange and Riverside County lines, about 5% contained, lower temps, higher humidity helping out against that battle in Southern California. I mean, you got your South Umpqua complex fire. It's almost 30,000 acres. Barely 18% contained, just for instance. There are a bunch right next door to it. Craziness. Paul Manafort's former business partner is continuing his testimony in the bank fraud and money laundering trial against the former Trump campaign chief under cross-examination yesterday. Rick Gates admitted he stole money from Manafort in part to pay for an extramarital affair. Gates said he used the money to pay for an apartment in London. He flew first class and stayed at luxury hotels 
during that relationship. So he's a tax cheat, a cheater on his wife, a thief, and an apologist for brutal dictators. Does he have any moral standards whatsoever? Well, and uh, this is the problem you end up if you're a crook in court and you flip on somebody. So now you've you've lied about everything your whole life, it would seem, to everyone. Right. Right. Family, friends, right. business, everybody. But now you're telling the truth. Yeah. At this particular moment. Yeah. Which you might be because this guy who flipped on Manafort was told he would go to jail for a hundred years, mm. which would be the rest of his life. Or if he cooperates, they think they can get him probation. So the two things are go to jail for the rest of your life or not at all. Wow. That is enough to make anybody flip. Well, yeah, the defense is going to go crazy on that count. But I'd like to ask this guy. I'd like to uh, compose a list. So would you steal uh, Girl Scout cookie money from Girl Scouts? Oh, hell yeah. Would you rape a house cat? Oh, no, because I wouldn't enjoy it. But not because it's not wrong. There's no, no money I don't care in it. about that. I think he's about yeah, money, no and, money, money and yeah. sex. Yeah. Um. So, d- did his wife know that he'd had this long affair before he testified in court? Yes, I do not know. Something tells me she had an idea what she'd signed up for. Could be. I don't yeah. know. I don't know, though. Um. And it's Poor all- kid might just be in love. So it's, so it's interesting. Um... Everybody agrees, even Trump haters, that at least thus far, this is not tied to Donald Trump and and that whole thing. Yet, the special counsel was so interested in in, in getting Manafort that they made this offer to this guy. Rest your life in jail or no jail, Mm. if you cooperate with us. And coached him up for 20 hours. Gave him 20 hours of coaching up to testify in this trial. What are they so interested in getting Manafort? Do they think it's that important? That Manafort's such a big tax cheat that you go this far to bring him down? Is that the way it usually works? Will you will you let this other scumbag completely go to get that scumbag tax cheat? Yeah, I see what you're driving at. Oh, uh, Manafort's more they... than a tax cheat, though. I mean, he's a dozen kinds of crook. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. But, Just... but is he that much bigger than Gates that you'd turn Gates right. loose completely? Right, yeah. as a danger yeah. to, to me, a U.S. citizen. Right. Right. Because that other scumbag's going to go back out into the world and probably continue his scumbaggery. He looks to be 40-something. Yeah. I doubt he's going to, you know, completely change. He ought to, they put him on probation, but they ought to make him wear like a hat. One of those flashing red lights. Like the old-timey uh, cherry top on a police car. <laughs> right. Just so you know where he is at all times. He can't go anywhere without his flashing red light. I wonder if it's liberating to completely flip like that. Just, okay, everything. I've been living a lie on every angle for everything. I've been lying to my criminal friends. I've been lying to my wife and kids. I've been lying to my good yeah. friends. Everybody. Now I can stop. I wonder if that's liberating. It depends if he's a sociopath or not. He sounds like he might be one. Yeah. Elon Musk is still deciding, he says, if he wants to take Tesla private. The CEO, Elon Musk, sent stock prices of the electric car company soaring 11% Bye. yesterday. That was after he tweeted he had secured funding for a buyout at $420 a share. The move, he said, would free Tesla from the public market's emphasis on quarterly results, ridding the company, he said, of short sellers who Bet stocks uh, in Tesla will fall based on based on what he said was mis- misinformation about Tesla and its car. He's got a hell of a point there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the building a company in the modern quarterly world is tough because 
you know, we heard this about Facebook recently. Didn't meet expectations. Okay, so the expectations were maybe they were wrong <laughs> or or not. But that doesn't have anything to do really with the health of Facebook as a company. Facebook's an unbelievably healthy company. But you didn't quite make expectations. And so he's trying to craft this car company. The news will come out that they fell short of expectations. Right. Bunch of people sell their stock. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know in the modern world if you can craft a giant uh, General Motors with quarterly expectations. Well, not only that, but he makes a point that there's a, a bit of a craze for selling the stock short, mm-hmm. meaning betting it's going to go down, yeah. and that the the rumor mill is is so hungry for Tesla news that these rumor mongers are successful in driving down the stock price on a semi regular basis. And he's sick and tired of that too. Now to the uh, the the uh, the buyout. He said he'd secured funding right. for it. Uh huh. Four twenty a share. Uh huh. That's not the only little uh, little wink at the world that Elon Musk is right. engaged in. Right. He likes that sort of thing. Four twenty is in pot smoking. Uh-huh. Yeah. That he might have picked that number as a trolling of America. Right. I suspect that may be the case. Another reporter did the math on it that right. were the so at four hundred twenty dollars a share, that would have put his the valuation of his company right around sixty nine billion dollars. So is Elon Musk thirteen years old? <laughs> the, and he thinks six, and I love the guy. He's a genius. And he thinks the number sixty nine is so funny that the name of his Tesla models, the the S, the three, the X, and I believe the Y spells out sexy. Like right. if the three is the E, right? Um, it's just it's incredible. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> Meanwhile, one last Hell of a way to run a company. <laughs> one last note on all of this. Right before his first tweet yesterday, the Financial Times reported the investment arm of Saudi Arabia had acquired a substantial stake in Tesla. Which is where they think the money for this buyback the, will come from. The people that make their living off of oil want to uh, boost electric cars? That's well, one of the reports. Well, old uh, BSM, is that his, his MBS. name? MBS. MBS, whatever. Who's currently in a bitter fight with Canada. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's desperate to diversify yeah. the economy. Yeah. Uh, so it's possible yeah, that that's a sincere investment. Well, I gotta find not out. an effort to quash it. Speaking of that part of the world, I got to see if I can tell a story my brother told about uh, camels. I'm sure well, you can. While he was over <laughs> in the Middle East, okay. it was a camel problem. Wow. Okay, I can't imagine why that wouldn't be you know, just fair game, but well, uh, I don't know what's behind the story. I don't yeah. know what the camel did. Right. Well, it's there, nothing the U.S. people did, but or the, what we did to the camel. We didn't do anything, but the, oh. lo- the locals, the way the locals handle uh, their situation. Oh no. Oh, anything with the can Well, I'll, I, I won't go any further. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. If Elon Musk were here, he would make a joke about the camel's toe, I'm sure. <laughs> then make a fart noise and walk out of the room. <laughs> Grow up, Elon. Grow up. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. What direction should you go from here? Huh? You know, I have a couple of gripes about the American medical system that I'm, that I'm sure will uh, you know, resonate with anybody who's tried to get any medical care uh, lately. Plus, we have a, a new study that highlights the differences between men and women in dieting. You ought to be pursuing different strategies. Really? Because uh, in spite of the fact that gender is merely a social construct, there are important biological differences between men and women. You're a hater. You're so clearly a hater. Oh, I absolutely am. Uh, All that stuff. I like all that stuff. And what does socialism mean when people talk about it now? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Conscience. 
of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Trump just accused California Senator Dianne Feinstein of having a Chinese spy as her driver for 20 years. Trump said it's crazy. Then his driver was like, yes, it's ridiculous. Yeah, we haven't done that story. We should mention that uh, later. Feinstein having a Chinese spy driver for years. China! Yeah, uh-huh. decades. And that, uh, that story is mostly being ignored. Anyway, that later on the Armstrong and Getty Show, which is us. Diane Feinstein employed a Chinese spy. Hmm. Diane Feinstein employed a Chinese spy. Hmm. Well, not on purpose. Not on purpose, says Diane Feinstein apologist Jack Armstrong. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, I did. For the truth. Anyway, Owen oh 2. So I got a combination of bad genetics. Um, my people are prone to arthritis and probably making 50 million golf swings. So my hips are screwed up and I have to, at a ridiculously young age, get to one or both of them replaced in the next couple of years. Uh, luckily, you can get that done these days. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, the recovery time for that sort of surgery. I mean, they saw off the end of your bone and, and screw on a new one. Um, the recovery time is actually quite remarkable if if everything goes well. So, you know, I'm not looking forward to it. But as my uh, orthopedic guy told me, he said, listen, you don't you want to postpone surgery. Surgery is not fun. He said, so uh, wait till you can't stand it anymore. And then at that point, we'll get you signed up and, and you can get replaced. Well, my right one hurts all the time. It wakes me up four times a night um, and it's bad. I can't stand it anymore. So I say to him, yeah, it's time. So he goes, no problem, I'll refer you to the surgeon. Uh, surgeon's office calls me. Keep in mind now, I've decided to go ahead because I can't stand it anymore. And they're scheduling initial consultations at the end of January. Hmm? To just say, hello, how you doing, and show them my x-rays. God knows when they're going to schedule the surgery for, what? you know, late next year or something. I've had conversations like that, and I always think, how do you expect me to react to that? I laughed. I've got a medical. I I said January. I've got a medical crisis for me or my kids or whatever, and you just told me months from now we'll do something about it. How do you expect me to react to that? Right. Okay, that's fine. Doesn't that seem like a disconnect to you, doctor? (laughs) And and I have some options which I need to investigate through the insurance because that's not my only choice. Mexico um, garage. Wow, India. Wow, medical tour. Wait a minute. Wait. Whoa. Whoa. Slow down now. Cash garage Cash surgery? Deal. I'd like to see. I hope it's a nice garage with like that plasticky flooring down there. That'd be impressive. But anyway, uh, this is uh, this has something to do with the ridiculous situation. We've talked about this before when we've done big features on, you know, American medical care and the rest of it, that the uh, the doctors associations and the medical schools limit the number of specialists they will graduate, that they will educate and graduate. It's a weird monopoly, and I've been reading about these medical boards, and it varies state by state, but um, I'm not going to like relocate for a medical procedure. Why would we do that? Here's, here's the insidious part. Well, it's like a monopoly thing to quash competition. 
Well, that's not cool. Well, it's not cool. Some doctors would say, yeah, but I got out of medical school with a zillion dollars worth of debt. I'm making less than ever. Nobody's going to be a doctor unless you do this. Well, yeah, but there's got to be a middle ground between, you know, I, I'm, I'm rolling around groaning in pain and I can't have surgery for nine months and, and, and you know, having no doctors. There's got to be a middle ground. But these these uh, regulatory groups, these what are I just used the term, um, uh, the medical boards. The the bizarre part about them is that they're private enterprises, so they they do not there is no public uh, way to to there are no public levers. We the people can't do anything about them or make them do anything, but they're often appointed by the government, so they're the worst sort of appointed by the government than completely untouchable powers unto themselves. I know nothing about this. Yeah, and most know, people probably know nothing about it. Now, here's something that some of our listeners know because we've talked about it before, and I've been digging into this too: the insidious, idiotic, un-American, indefensible practice of the certificate of need. Tim the lawyers talked to us about this. Great story. Um, read about in in Vox Vox dot com, which is insufferably liberal. But um, <laughs> they do. You have to say that every time because they're insufferably liberal. <laughs> you can't suffer it. I can't. That no more. I'd get surgery for Vox if I mm. could get it. But they tell this great story about this doctor who had some some vague abdominal pains that were starting to really bother him as a doctor, and he went to get an MRI, found it had cost him twelve hundred dollars. Looked further and found that people get charged up to $24,000 for an MRI if they go into the ER and they get one. Wow. Well, he said, well, that's stupid and crazy and exploitive. I'm going to buy one and offer it for a lot less, but he couldn't get one because the state wouldn't let him. That's not a good system. No, and we'll, we'll come back to that. Speaking of medicine, we'll talk about the differences between men and women dieting, but I'll follow that up with these certificates of need in a few minutes. Not a good system. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.